the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. That's it. We're about to have a little fun in here today. I've actually taken over the show today. My name is George Pearson. They usually call me the Rear Admiral, but I'm filling in for you, the actual host of the show, Mr. John Anthony, former representative of the 73rd. And co-hosting with me today is my friend Monique Hugh Hoffman. Well, hello. Yeah, hello. So, welcome to another edition of Black and Right. And I am glad everyone is joining us today. We're going to be covering a few topics on here, definitely talking about the president and his choice of possibly Amy Coney Barrett today around by five o'clock Eastern, four o'clock Central Standard Time. And also um, talking a little bit about who RBG, the notorious RBG was, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And we want to, you know, put a shout out there to her because she was a pioneer in her efforts out there as a woman justice. And again, the first one to lie in state at the Capitol. So we want to definitely put that out. But let me give you a little introduction to the young lady that's joining me today. Monique Q. Hoffman is with um, Healthcare Solutions Team. She is a licensed health and um, life insurance broker here in Chicago. Say hello to, to everyone, Monique. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me, George. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me, Q. So everybody knows when you come on this show, you get a you get a nickname. So I'm Rear Admiral. She's Q, and we'll be rocking it out from there. So into this segment again, we you know we were talking about the the president. There's been a lot of back and forth over folks saying whether or not he has permission or the right to actually fill a seat. And we know that the Constitution, Article 2, Section 2, gives the president that power to do so. And, and it's all, you know, it's actually mandated that he actually does it. Uh, we need to fill that vacancy. Everyone is talking about the difference that we have to do it or we can't do it because we're in the middle of an election cycle. And again, all over the media, all over the news, all, all week has been what? That this has been done 25 times, 19 times with an actual president and the Senate of both parties. So we've got time to do this. We have little under uh, 40 days to the election. Uh, we've had confirmation. Actually, Sandra Day O'Connor was actually um, sworn and confirmed rather as a U.S. justice in 35 days. We know um, um, and uh, shoot. Breyer, not Breyer, was actually um, confirmed in 19 days. So we there's time in order to do this. So we want to see the Republicans actually put forth whoever the president, which, a lot, again, a lot of folks are thinking will be, you know, Judge Amy Barrett. And 
But then there's also a talk of a young lady by the name of Barbara Lagos out of Florida. That that might be, you know, one of the things that he might consider because he's looking for that Florida vote. Amy, uh, Q, you got any thoughts on that? Well, first off, business doesn't stop, right? The country, everything that's going on doesn't stop. So why should we put a halt to something that is incredibly important? This seat is incredibly important. And we don't know that for sure it's going to be Amy because he teased us a little bit with the... uh, the 50 years, That's you know, right. I could be electing someone that could be there 50 years. And Amy is not sure how old she is, but 50 years actually will put her at like 98. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's a little, that's the oldest. Yeah. So, and it's, that's a great point. So it could be somebody younger. Yeah, he did tease that last night. So they, these are, this is the thing that I liked about the president. He is a showman. You know, he comes from the media, so he knows how to tease folks and get everybody's attention. And, you know, oh, he's got the Democrats just, you know, oh, their undies are all in a bunch right now. And, you know, he doesn't have a right to do it. And, you know, if he does, we're packing the court. Well, even Justice Ginsburg was against packing the court because she says you lose the collegiality of it. That means that that closeness, that 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 small bond of these justices working together, like with the relationship that he she actually had with Justice Scalia and Antonin Scalia. So I think it's important that we not only elect this president and get allow him to seat the next justice, but we also reelect him and send more Republicans to both houses of Congress. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, is packing the court, doing all that, it's it's a huge distraction. And I think no matter what what side of the issue that you're on, people, Americans, don't want to just have a giant distraction. You know, they want things to get done. And frankly, that is what the president is just trying to do. You know, he, he has a lot to juggle. There's more than just COVID. There's more than the seat. And we're just trying to get things done. Right. Like a budget. You know, again, <laughs> Congress, you, we've been sitting on this and looking for money to come through for a lot of folks that are sitting at home, a lot of businesses that are failing. And again, this is a president that usually takes the bull by the horn yep. and actually go, go, go to work and put things forward. So like you said, this is a distraction right now. It's. Again, he, he because he's from the media life, he does like some of the attention. There's no, you know, we can't we can't deny We're not that. denying that. Right. No one's denying that. And, but he's been able to use it. You know, and again, you go back to Ronald Reagan because, again, he was from that era. He was, uh, you know, called the, the great communicator because he knew how to draw in the other side, how to speak so that everyone wanted to, you know, find a soundbite from him. And he and again, he gave great great lessons on that. So again, I you know, let the president be the president. Let him actually announce who he will be today at 4 p.m. Central um, Time, 5 p.m. Eastern. And I look forward to it. I was hoping that he would have did it during this show so that we can actually <laughs> start doing some real press out here. But, you know, hey, I guess, you know, for the first time, I, I'm not going to complain. But let's go in and get ready to talk about you know, who RBG was. I, I think that's, you know, who she was as a person plays a, a key part. And on play, she actually eulogized uh, Anton Scalia's, Scalia's funeral. And I want to play a, one section of what she stated. In my treasure trove of memories, an early June morning, 1996, I was about to leave the court to attend the Second Circuit Judicial Conference at Lake George. 
Justice Scalia entered, papers in his hand. Tossing many pages on my desk, he said, Ruth, this is the penultimate draft of my dissent in the VMI case. It's not yet in shape to circulate to the court, but I want to give you as much time as I can to answer it. On the plane to Albany, I read the dissent. It was a zinger. (laughs) (laughs) The relationship that those two had, even though they had two different set of ideologies and but they were great friends. You know, his continue to walk in with the roses and, and on her birthday, uh, going to the opera together. These are things that they share together. And we've lost a lot of that collegialness, you know, like the Senate, that th- these are bodies of individuals that, you know, you can have your friendships outside of there. But when it comes to your principles, who you are, what you're representing, your values, you should stand by those values. And these two understood that. So I'm really, truly hoping that we do have someone in that mindset of Justice Scalia and Amy uh, Barrett to actually do, as the media has been talking about, that she is the conservative mindset, you know, clerking with Justice Scalia. So we're hoping that she does bring that that same collegialness back to the back to the court, back to the back to SCOTUS, because we need that from them to be able to cooperate, to be able to share that information between one another and actually Pass legislation, or I should say, pass uh, rulings that are that will actually have more than um, bipartisan. You know, would have bipartisan support, and not a lot of the split decisions that we we've, we've had. Well, shoot, over the last twenty years, I should say. Well, George, you know what I always say: it's all in the delivery, yes. right? And we have our assumptions about some that we've never spoken to. We've never spoken to Judge Amy. We've we've never. Um, you know, we, we haven't had our interactions. We have to go by what we've heard. But we also have to give people the chance to get in, get into the system, get through the process, mm-hmm. and show us that she can do what, you know, we think she's capable of. I don't think there's even any question. You know, even uh, there's a professor out of Indiana that has practiced before her, bef- um, before Judge Barrett. And he stipulated that she is very conservative. But she's very fair. She's about the letter of the law. She is a a true constitutionalist. And I think that's more important than anything else. We don't want any more of this legislating from the bench. And we talk about active jurists that are sitting out there that are passing laws and legislation from the bench instead of, you know, from the House of Legislation like we should. But we're going to go to commercial break real quick. Give us a call. 312-642-5600. I'm filling in for... Our host, John Anthony, my name is George Pearson, and you are tuned in to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Hey, folks. You're joining Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. My name is George Pearson. I am the chair of the Will County Republicans and co-chair of the Illinois Black Republican Coalition. And I am filling in today for my good friend, former state rep John Anthony, who is out on assignment. 
Well, I just kicked him out of the studio so I can have some free time and actually talk about what I want to talk about on Saturday. So you know, forgive me, y'all. I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame you. Yeah. So we've been talking about the president being able to make his his choice and having enough time in order to make the next election to fill a vacancy left by the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And we were looking over, you know, what, you know, how many um, Supreme Court justices are selected and what qualifies you to actually become a, a U.S. Supreme Court justice? And, you know, you, you go to school, you go through eighth grade and high school and you pass the constitutional test. That is, if they're still actually doing that in public school now. But it's important because these little tidbits that we're going to talk about next are very important. Like how many people actually know that you really didn't even have to have a law degree to actually qualify to be a a justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. How do you remember what you learned in eighth grade? I mean, it's important that we, you know, teach kids, but it's also part of the family process and the upbringing to kind of continue these lessons so that when it becomes relevant in our lives, yeah, 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 we actually know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it, I, I just I found it so to me just so crazy here. The last justice to be appointed who did not attend any law school was James F. Burns. And that happened in 1941 to 1942. He did not graduate from high school and he actually taught himself law and passing the bar at the age of 23. See, this, and again, I go back to someone like Abraham Lincoln, you know, a Republican president. And a lot, and a lot of schools now, they're not even teaching that he was a Republican president. But again, another self-taught man. We can do, and, and this is the beauty about America and the Constitution, that it allows anyone to arise to any position that they put their heart and their mind and their, their hard work into. So it looked like, oh, oh, we've got our first caller already. Verlon from the south side. Verlon, can you hear me? Yes, I can. I hear you well. You sound so great on radio. Perfect radio voice, and you are on point. Thank you. I Listen, appreciate I just that. called to say, I don't give a damn what the Democrats want and what they're pitching a hissy fit about, because if they were in opposition, they would call on hellfire and brimstone to get what they want. They would throw everything up against the wall to see what sticks. And that's exactly what they're going to do when they interview her in the hearing that's coming up. They are going to try to Kavanaugh her, and they're going to show their true colors, and they're going to enrage the American people again. Yeah. And we're going to win in the landslide. We're going we're to win in the landslide, that's Jordan. It. I can't that's wait. it. That's it. Verlon, I appreciate you calling in. And, man, again, you, you hit the, the, nail, the, the nail right on the head. And that actually leads us right into our very next segment. We're actually talking about, you know, who decides how many justices are actually on the court. Well, the Constitution places that power to determine the number of justices in the hands of Congress. So the first Judicial Act passed in 1789 actually set the number of justices at six. So that was one chief justice and five associates. And over the years, Congress has passed various acts, at, you know, in order to change the numbers and fluctuating it from as low as five and as high as 10. So but the last judicial act that was passed in 1869 actually set it at the current level of nine. And, you know, no subsequent changes have been changed. But as Verlon just mentioned, they are so livid. 
that they are considering packing the court. Again, even though RBG is was against that and spoke out against that on a regular basis, they literally want to throw on, you know, two or three more just to try to drown out, drown out the law. So if their their whole mindset is, well, we're going to change the rules every time we get in there. They want they want us to play by the rules. You, you know, tell us all the time. Well, you're supposed to stand by your principles, and that's who you're, where are your values at. But as soon as they get in office, they immediately start acting anything and everything. You know, whatever. Again, like you said, whatever sticks to the wall, they just start slinging everything at you. Well, how do we how do we move forward? How do we get anything done if we don't understand what the standard is? If the standard is different for you know behind the, your lens versus my lens everybody's wrong at that point, <laughs> right? Yes, yes, it, it does. It, I think it becomes delivery. And it's one of the things that, again, I, I go back and I say that relationship. If we look at that relationship that was built between RBG and Justice Scalia, I, I think we can take some some life lessons out of there. Here, actually, I'm going I'm to play another, another little segment by her. If I can get the right mouse over here. Another indelible memory. The day the court decided Bush v. Gore, December 12, 2000. I was in chambers, exhausted after the marathon review. Review granted Saturday, briefs filed Sunday, oral argument on Monday, and opinions completed and released on Tuesday. No surprise, Justice Scalia and I were on opposite sides. The court did the right thing, he had no doubt. I disagreed and explained why in a dissenting opinion. Around 9 p.m., the telephone, my direct line, rang. It was Justice Scalia. He didn't, he didn't say, get over it. <laughs> Instead, he asked Ruth, why are you still at the court? Go home and take a hot bath. <laughs> Good advice. I promptly followed. See that relationship that they had. He didn't. He didn't browbeat her. He didn't throw up. Nah, nah. I won, and you know you're the loser. And she, she literally expressed that. And that right there is how we get things done. You know, I, I know everybody want to go back and talk about the president, but I got to tell you, he was not the catalyst of this he is the product of what our political system has become and i think if we start to look for people in the image of amy coney barrett and in barbara lagos we could honestly change how a lot of those rulings are coming down off the court but it also starts with us yes. how we take in information how we interact with our neighbors and our friends and our colleagues and it's we have to I hate that I have to say this, but we have to kind of go backwards and say it's OK to disagree with the person that you're talking to. And you don't have to hate them afterwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. All right, we've got another caller. Uh oh, Steve from Glencoe. Steve, are you with us? Yeah. Hi. Uh, yeah. Thanks for taking my call. I've got two observations and comments. I heard you talking about the Democrats wanting to pack the court by increasing the size of it. Yes. But there's another way that the court has already been packed. And that was when Barack Obama was president, um, the Republican-controlled Senate would not allow the vast, vast majority of, judici of his judicial nominations to go through at the district court level, the court of appeals level, and with Merrick Garland. 
So that's a different court, form of court packing. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, that, uh, you know, you hold know, on, hold on. I'm going to let you finish, but yeah. I'm just, yes. Right. But this is, again, Article 3 gives the power to the president and to the Senate. They And the Senate has to what? Advise and consent. So, yes, you're, at, you're right. That is another form. But isn't it up to the president to try to convince other senators? And we've had plenty of senators on the Republican side that would, you know, swing his way on deals. So wasn't it, it part of his job to also make sure that he people that he sent over and winning those Republicans over to his side? Well, no, because you're playing by two no. different sets of rules. <laughs> you're, you're, you're complaining that the Democrats may increase the size of the court. While you recognize they have the legal authority to do so, okay? the, the the Congress so, so they haven't they're, they're talking about it. They haven't they haven't. We don't know if they have the legal authority. They have to be the majority first in order to do it. And that's well, that well, was my key. That right. was that was my well, key. It, they, this, the Republicans are the majority in the Senate, and President Barack Obama had an opportunity to sway several Republicans on there. And I mean, we we've we've got folks like um, Murawski and. Um, Collins, you know, Lindsey Graham, you know, that that would have been there to help out John McCain during that time period. So, Steve, when we're having this conversation, let's not jump up and say that there are no senators on the Republican side that given giving a good argument will not come to a right decision. So I'm not saying. um, Yeah, I mean, we could go we could go back and forth on this. I I doubt that what you're saying is accurate. Uh, because because the Republican Party, you're laughing, the Republican Party has made judicial ideology a litmus test. This is what they run on more than any other topic. Okay, Steve. And they have a purity. Right. Well, okay. No, that, but, it's but, not a purity test. It's it's actually what it is. They're the party that's in control. So that's that's the one that you that's the one that you have to go at. So I they're they're the party in control. That's that's you win some elections. And again, to quote President Barack Obama is, you know, we won. So, you know, this this is how you get legislation passed. You win elections. You you know, you don't go to the losers and say, "Okay, how do we do this now?" You can ask, but you don't have to actually go with them. Yeah, and you're tuned in to Black and Right on AM560 to answer. My name is George Pearson. I'm the chair of the Will County Republicans, filling in for my good friend, Anthony, John Anthony, who is out on assignment, and he will be back with you guys next week. So stick with us. We'll be back in two and two. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Get up, yeah, come on. Get up, get on up. Little James Brown to get the mood set right, especially after that last call of what I tell you. <laughs> Try to bring in a little civility and, you know, well, you know, I still think you're wrong, but you know, I'm going to leave him alone, so... My wife is telling me to behave, you know, (laughs) follow my own advice, right? (laughs) We were just talking about that. Steve, please call back at another date. I'm going to leave you alone now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so we've been talking about the president being able to make his selection and actually having the constitutional authority. And even though everyone is saying, oh, well, we don't there's not enough time and he shouldn't do it in the middle of election. You know, it's been, you know. 
literally that that logic or you know if you want to call that logic has been blown right out of the water all week with all the different examples of you know justices that have been appointed from his max of 40 days all the way down to 19 so and i don't believe that that's an issue uh it, this is all about the left side and a, a couple of those who might be in the center that don't like the president and here's where we are in this country that we no longer want to follow what the law is or what what's there. It's all emotions. So the question becomes, how do we get away from all emotion and not just logic? Because there, you know, we'll be talking in the second half of the show, you know, the 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 decisions that came down from the indictments with Breonna Taylor. And I, I think that's a subject that we, we must talk about. Yeah. But. At the same time, we have to be able to pull back on some of the emotions that that well that leads our decisions. We have to have a mixture. You know, there there have to be you know some heart in there. And you know, you're you're hear segments from Senator Tim Scott and his thoughts, and then you're going to hear the actual Attorney General. You know, clips from the Attorney General. Again, a, a black man. You know, first elected um, black Republican, uh, first elected black. Um, attorney general in the state of Kentucky and his reasoning behind it. And again, his balanced approach of both emotion and the logic and the law that follows it. But getting back into this segment and and talking about the the constitution. And again, I think education is, is huge when it comes to this. This is, this is where the, the, the give and take can occur right here. If we're following the rules that are laid out in the U S constitution, you know, it's it's not a living, breathing document. If you want to change it, you have to go through an amendment process. You know, the, you know, the constitutional states, you have to do that. You can't just come in and just willy nilly want to, you know, throw it out the window and say it doesn't apply. And then turn around and say, well, he's not he's not following the law. Well, I, I can't help but ask, what, what law are you referring to? Because the one I'm reading from that's supposed to govern our republic, by the way, and I was told by a reporter, you know, well, our democracy is failing. We don't live in a democracy. You you do realize as a reporter, the Constitution of this republic is what guarantees you your right. If we lived in a democracy, they would probably cut you off as being able to have your First Amendment right. You do realize that. And, he, you know, he just he, he can't stand Trump. So he just he went back off into his rant about Trump. They never answer the question. So I'm here to answer your questions. I'm here to, to take the barbs if need be, because I know our party isn't 100 percent perfect. But I know the Democrat side isn't either because we're all humans. I have not yet met a perfect human. I haven't met one. Doesn't exist. And, you know, for those who believe in God, I know that those who believe that God walked on this planet, you know, in, in person, that he was the only only human that was actually perfect on this planet so mistakes will be made sometimes there an apology is necessary but in this case the president is 100 percent correct the senate would be 100 percent correct to pass his nominee and confirm his nominee and i think that we should move forward before any more days pass along so i'm glad his announcement will be today so that the senate can get to their job first thing monday morning and after that, we can all go back to school and take a refresher course <laughs> so we can kind of start at ground level yes. and then figure things out from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what are your thoughts on, on this entire process? Because you, you, you do. You, you have that statement. You know, it's all in the, the delivery. 
that's something my wife tells me all the time. And, it, you know, thank you, baby, for the great advice. And, you know, here you got some backup. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> OK, it's the delivery. So yeah. what is it about the delivery? What what convince people? What is it about the delivery of a statement that will change a person's mind and his heart at times? No matter how confident or strong you are, if someone is talking at you and starts accusing you mm-hmm. of being wrong mm-hmm. or not know, being stupid, not knowing anything, you're going to react. You're right. going to seize up, right? It's like sticking a cold piece of meat on the hot grill. Yeah. You know, that thing is never going to be tender. Yeah. And you, you just can't speak to someone in such a way that right off the bat they're not going to listen to you. They're just on the defense. And so if you can deliver your message where it's like from a level playing field, right? Yeah. Like I'm just here to talk to you and listen to you, we're going to get a lot farther that way. I agree. Hey, folks, again, my name is George Pearson, and that voice you just heard is Monique Q. Hoffman, and we are filling in for the host, John Anthony, here on Black and Right AM 560. We're going to take another commercial break, and we'll be right back with my good friend, Jonathan T. Gillum, the author of Sheep No More, and he will weigh in on the Constitution and pushing a new nominee. Stick with us. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Hey, welcome back. My name is George Pearson. I am the chair of the Will County Republicans and the co-chair of the Illinois Black Republican Coalition. And I am filling in today for the host of Black and Right, Mr. John Anthony, who is out on assignment today. And my co-host and the second voice you hear after mine is Monique Q. Hoffman of Healthcare, what is it? Healthcare Solutions, Solutions Team. Team. Yes. Thanks yeah. for having me. You're welcome. It's been fun so far. Tell us a little bit about your business real quick. What do you do? I am a passionate patient advocate, health and life insurance broker, and I'm here to show everyone that there's actually choices out there and that they can con- take control of their care, treatment, and coverage and just own their life. Mm, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. I, I think that that's something else that we're probably eventually would be another great show topic is getting into the insurance um, area and, and well, financial security. I believe that that would probably solve a lot of issues that are going on in the world today if people with proper planning. You know, everyone is expecting, you know, something from the government. But, you know, well, it's time that we actually start standing up. It's like moving out of your parents' home. It's getting ready to get out there and stand on your own two feet. A lot of times, yes, we know that, you know, not everyone has that opportunity to do there. There's nothing wrong with support systems. It's when that support system become a way of life that, you know, that has to change. And there are a lot of examples of people who have gotten away from it. You know, Dr. Ben Carson, a, a man that I revere, you know, the, you know, that came up being able to utilize the system, but then made some changes, you know, and became, you know, a, a world-renowned neurosurgeon, you know, sought after, literally sought after over his skills and, and gives back, you know, I, from a lot of the, the books and the libraries and money that he's given to the schools, buildings in order to give that pathway to a new lifestyle. So it's know. not only access to care that people should be talking about, it's access to information. A yes. lot of people don't know about choices and, and different routes to go. And that's just been my professional mission. 
Wow, that's awesome. That you know what? That's that's a great point. Like what we were talking about here with the Constitution. A lot of people have actually forgotten or don't realize what what the president or what powers the president has and actually fill it. So if there were people out here that didn't understand the Constitution and went by what a lot of these Democrats have been yelling about that he shouldn't or he can't uh he that that's illegal. He doesn't have the right, you know, it's like well, yeah, he does. The little just constitution right it's an echo that yeah. we're hearing <laughs> I, it's it, it's to me it's crazy i mean absolutely crazy when i hear that when that document is there so if you if you're on there so i you know without any further delay i'm sorry i've got a really good friend of mine that w- is joining us today and he's actually was on this show with me live uh jonathan t gillum former navy seal and author of sheep no more the art of awareness and attack and the host of the podcast, The Experts, Mr. Jonathan T. Gillum. JT, how are you, brother? What's up, buddy? How are you? Good uh, to be on with you. Now, always, always. I'm in studio with my friend Monique in here, Q in here. So we're talking about the, the U.S. Constitution and the President Wright being able to fill this spot. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I... At first, like a lot of people, well, I'm, I'm very happy that the president gets to fill this spot. I mean, I'm going to tell you that right now, because I think that the issue with uh, abortion, uh, primarily abortion, and I will tell you that I'm not a, a single voter person or I'm not somebody who looks at uh, one single fact of who somebody is and says, that's who I like. That's who I'm voting for. I always look at the totality of the circumstances. Who is this person? What are their what is their uh, in, in the case of a judge? What have their decisions been? Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things uh, about Barrett that bother me. Um, one being uh, who endorses her. Uh, she seems to be endorsed a lot by uh, establishment people. That's one thing that bothers me about a lot of these judges. Mm-hmm. The other thing is um, I was reading up on, on a lot of her opinions and, and talking to uh, another judge, actually, that uh, is familiar with her. And the consensus is that she will not uh, move to overturn Roe versus Wade. Really? And uh, I, I have to tell you that the thing that bothers me the most about this court, you know, at one point the court said that slavery was okay. At one point the court said that, um, I can't remember the word now, but had to do with uh, eugenics. It was that, that type of, uh, you know, uh, looking at somebody and deciding whether or not that they, uh, could be killed by the state. You know, the Supreme Court had that decision at one point. You know, there's been over 60,000, excuse me, 60 million, million. souls. Mm-hmm. 60 million souls, and that's a low number, uh, that have never been able to be born into this world be, simply because of one court decision. And I don't. when we celebrate Ruth Bader Ginsburg, in my opinion, on uh, her is the same opinion I have about any other justice is that their decisions and the ramifications that they have should be held to such tight scrutiny of whether or not they follow the constitution period. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be. That's the litmus test. And when I look at, um, at Barrett, who seems to be, everybody's talking about is the choice. Uh, I'm seeing somebody who plays fast and loose with the constitution. What she did in Illinois. I don't agree with that. What she, how, if, whether or not she'll stand to, uh, to shoot down Roe versus Wade, I'm not real sure about that. And if I'm not sure about somebody and how they follow the Constitution to the letter, 
And I don't know. I, there's really I yep. can't put full I, weight I, behind him. I, I got I can't you. Can't put full weight behind him. Hey, if you got time, I'd like to hold you over into the next segment. We're going to get ready to run out of time here in this one. If you Absolutely. have a few, so then we're going to actually get into that decision from Chicago that um, Judge Barrett had made, and that affects us locally. You listen to Black and Right on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm filling in for the host of the show, John Anthony. You're listening to George Pearson, and we'll be back in two and two. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Hey folks, it's George Pearson filling in for John Anthony on Black and Right here on AM560, The Answer. We're joined by my friend Monique Q. Hoffman, and on the line we have a, a warrior that has actually placed his life on the line several times in several different careers, Mr. Jonathan T. Gillum, Arthur of Cheap No More and the host of his own podcast called The Experts. And we were talking about the nominee for President Trump, Justice Barrett, and, you know, why actually JT, who, you know, he with his show, I wanted his opinion in this, why he not throwing, why he's not throwing his full support behind uh, Judge Barrett. JT? Well, I think there's, you know, one of, one of the things that I didn't get to the last segment is that, uh, Lagoa, uh, Barbara Lagoa, I believe that's how you say her last name. Uh, she's Cuban, Cuban-American. And th- the Cubans have this incredible understanding of the reality of what's actually affecting this country right now. And they have a great understanding of the Constitution as well, because they just, you know, it wasn't that long ago mm-hmm. that they were fleeing. I mean, they're still fleeing Cuba, but it wasn't too long ago when they were actually fighting uh, something that a war that was just a little bit more advanced than it is now here in this country by the same forces. So they understand that greatly. My whole concern about all this is not that I don't think the president has the wisdom to make the right decision. My worry is that uh, he could be duped into putting another uh, Justice Roberts on the uh, the court and the court does not need to be even the court. We, I don't, all these justices always come up there and say that the court is not political. That the justices are, are not political. That's a lie, flat out a lie. <laughs> and I think the constitution should be the party that they uh, stand by. There shouldn't be a political party. Does the, does it stick by this simple document? And that's it. That's a great point. So when we're talking about actually, if we, you know, this one, this one item that a lot of people are getting upset over, Roe v. Wade, and if you go actually go back and look at what Justice Blackburn had stated in there about, you know, even understanding when the actual heartbeat. Well, with today's medicine, I think, you know, there's there's no 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 doubt. You know, when actual life actually begins now. And I, be, I I have not yet seen any of the challenges back before the Supreme Court to actually go back and make the current law fit to the original foundation of what that ruling was. And I, I think, yeah. again, as you stated, if we get back to the letter of the law, you know, and again, I'm, I'm going to go back at the Christians and the Catholics that have sat back for years and and supported some of this, that. If you believe that the word of God and and he's actually stated that he knew you before you were in your mother's womb, does that Mm -hmm. not apply to medical science today that says that, you know, they can hear a heartbeat within three weeks? It's just something that we got to start thinking about when we're when we're making a lot of our political decisions. And unfortunately, you know, judges are picked by 
the president, which is a political position, and the, the, the right. presidents are elected by us by through the electoral college. You know, one of the biggest voices I think that could come out right now in this country are people who've had abortions, people who've had abortions and then they regretted it and it's crushed their life. I, I've met many, many people, and those are the voices that need to come out and start saying, "No, this is wrong. This is not right." Because, because you know, here's I just want to give this quick example. I was in biology in uh, class in um, in college, and we took uh, a starfish. I don't know what the exact name of the starfish was, but we took a male and a female, and we uh, took the eggs and the, the sperm out of these uh, sea fish, and then we uh, put them under a microscope and put it together, and we sat and watched. And within, it wasn't a long time, but I think it was in within 30 minutes, the, the egg actually split into two cells. Yeah, yeah. Now, no, no, now we, we, we fertilized that egg. Yeah. We're, we're actually running through, so we're, we've got about 30 seconds left here before I've got to close out. So if you're going to stick around, I, you know, I definitely, because this is something that we do need to discuss. And Yes, and I, I yeah. definitely got to get my girl Monique in on this because, you know, this is a woman's issue. <laughs> you are tuned in to Black and Right here on AM560, The Answer. My name is George Pearson. I'm co-hosting for John Anthony with my guest host here, Jonathan T. Gillum and Monique Q. Hoffman. We'll be back. To have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Hey, hey, welcome back. My name is George Pearson. I am the chair of the Will County Republicans, and I'm sitting in for the host of the show, John Anthony. Welcome to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm joined right here in studio by my friend Monique Q. Hoffman of Healthcare Solutions Team. And on the live line, we have my very good friend, my, my, my shipmate, Jonathan T. Gillum, the author of Sheep No More and the, um, the host of his own podcast, The Experts. JT, we, I, I know you were in the middle of a story there in a second, but I also want to make sure that we get uh, Monique to, you know, get Q her opportunity to chime in on this, especially before my wife gets on me because she's listening right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I like her. <laughs> All right. Did, did, did she call you the Admiral as well? Because yeah. I haven't heard anybody call you the Admiral yet today. <laughs> no, she, she called me Big Daddy. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I just want to say this about that, about that comment that I was saying, and, I'll, and then I'll shut up real quick, is, is the thing that I saw when we, when we mated those starfish uh, under and we fertilized that egg underneath that microscope, what I saw was life. And there's no scientist that can tell us when that begins exactly. And if that's the case, a justice who's never been to medical school certainly can't tell us. And so they have to default to protecting life. That's the, what the Constitution's all about. Yes, absolutely. Moni? All right. Whether you are for this or against this, a woman going into a clinic to get an abortion, it's demoralizing. Nobody really wants to get an abortion. Right. And it's it's just something that we can't be using as an e-break, as an emergency break. There are alternatives like birth control. There are other ways to, you know, take uh, a schedule of your cycle if, if you are regular. But 
I believe in birth control and I believe in like it actually has other health benefits. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect. Um, things happen, but we just can't be using abortion as just a way to, you know, get things done, if you will. And justify. I mean, we've seen so many people actually and women out there champion this, like the the one woman that made the YouTube video. It just it, it, it blows my mind. But again, you know, I, I want to hear from some of our, our female callers on this. And I think, uh, uh-oh, Candace is online from Mount Pleasant. Uh, I haven't heard from Candace in a while, so let's see if I can get her up here on the call. Uh-oh. All right, John, my screen's not working, so Candace, stand by. I'm going you know, get you up here in a second. Uh, it's, not playing, it, it's not playing right with me in here today. So, but um, Sorry about that. Candace, three. There we go. Candace, you're on. Hi. Hi. This morning um, on Parlor, I read that um, there have been some cases that she's ruled on in terms of this COVID, all this uh, lockdown stuff, which I just think is total tyranny. And I don't like how she is um, judged on that. A bunch of restaurant people had a lawsuit, and she went along with the 50-person 50, 50 um, um, restrictions. And that tells, that tells me a lot about her, mm-hmm. you know. I, I'm not just going to just vote on abortion <clears throat> with the judge. I also, I mean, because I'm looking at, are, are they going to go with, you know, this tyrannical new government that is, trying to take over and control every aspect. I and mean, if she better if she's not voting, you know, for freedom with that, then I don't want her in. I, I hear you. you. Know, I agree with Jonathan. I agree with Jonathan on that. They're gonna look at it. you know, not only that, as Mark Levin has said, the left always makes sure that their their judges are hundred percent with us. Yeah. We need to have our own litmus test. I agree. I agree. Thank you, Candace. I appreciate the call and the comment. That's right on time. Right, gonna, thank you. I'm going to get in one more call here, JT, and then I'll let you take back over in there. Eduardo um, from Midway. Ed, you on? Let's try this one more time. Folks, I'm going to get this. You have to forgive me. Ed, yeah, I, George, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Good afternoon. And Monique, hello, too. Hi there. So I wanted to uh, comment that uh, the left, I was hearing a little bit about the, uh, the left and uh, today, and they were talking about, well, yeah, uh, Ms. Barrett is going to torpedo the ACA, and uh, she hasn't been uh, confirmed or anything like that. And um, the president already did like an executive order on pre-existing, you know, to kind of make people more comfortable about that, working with Congress. So the president cares about this uh, health care getting right, especially with the COVID-19. So it's not like he doesn't care. Well, what what do you think he doesn't care? I mean, I mean you say and he sounds like he doesn't care, but you you haven't given us any. What, 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 what well, I'm fact? saying that the left thinks that he doesn't. Yeah, I'm oh, saying the, that the oh, left, the left think, doesn't. Yeah, the left. Yeah, not me. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Of course they don't. You know it, it. Again, we went through the whole Russia collusion. You know, and that's been proven, and we still got folks still you know believing, even though that FBI document was actually proven wrong from the very beginning. So, hey, thanks, Ed. I appreciate your, yeah. your call. Thank though. you very much. Take care. Uh, JT, you want to chime in there about that Chicago decision? I know that was one of the, re- the first things that you had talked about. Yeah, you know, uh, again, the, the Constitution is the litmus test. And whenever they veer out of that and when it comes to uh, these decisions about, you know, not just your body but your life and how you uh, can live and the decisions that you make, here's really what it ultimately comes down to. A lot of these decisions that are being made 
uh, are being made to tell you how you should think, not what the law states. Right. And that and it tells you how you should behave, not what the law states. And the law should be uh, should be centered on the Constitution. So a lot of these things, whether you see you see the judges making these decisions uh, like this in Chicago or you see uh, mayors and governors enforcing executive orders, which overstep the boundaries of the court, I believe, uh, or you see legislation by the court. What you're seeing is people. Uh, taking and taking it upon themselves politically to tell you how you should be, yeah. not what the what, what the law is, right? And right. that is a a tremendous problem that we've got in this country. I agree. I agree. And we got another caller. I don't think have we had these many callers before. Yeah, it's well, a big day. This is your this is your fault, Q. Let's <laughs> see. We've got Alex in Chicago up on the line here. If we got Alex, you on? Hi, yeah, I'm on. Alex, welcome. Uh, how are you? Hi, thank you for thank you for having me today. Um, I just wanted to call and, and give a little bit of input on um, the abortion discussion that was was going on. Um, I think that um, everything that Monique touched on um, were some great points. I think um, the left is really kind of using abortion um, as as a very extreme measure. I think there's so many different forms of contraceptive methods that are available for women these days um, that should be used as a first option. We shouldn't have to, you know, go to that extreme and, um, and really kind of have to take that route if it is something that could ultimately be prevented. Um, even just kind of using methods, you know, trying to get birth control, trying to get these types of solutions out there and available to women should be a priority. I don't necessarily think that abortion should be. Um, also, when a woman walks into abortion uh, to an abortion clinic, it really demoralizes her as a woman. Um, the woman really, you know, after that first one, it's very easy to go in and get another one and kind of just rely on, start relying on that as a method, and you're just kind of numb to it then, and it's, it's just become another form of birth control, and it's in actuality, I think, a lot more than that. Um, if women that walked into these birth control clinics really, or these abortion clinics knew that uh, that uh, adoption was an option, I think that, and that was presented as an option, I think that more women um, would consider that, and I think go, go that path, too. All right. Thanks, Alex. I, Thanks, I Alex. appreciate that. That was a, a great call and great comment. I, you know, And again, I wanted that, that woman perspective in here because I never wanted to be, you know, that, oh, it, you know, men in here trying to make all the decisions for women. So, you know, we, I, I want I we want this dialogue. That, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. No. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm in trouble tonight. <laughs> Uh-oh. We got Pierre Delecto on the line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, 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 it's Pierre Delecto. What's going on, Pierre? <laughs> How you guys doing in there? Hey, you guys are doing a great job. Thank I'm just, you. I'm just calling, driving, listening. Uh, I mean, you guys sound like you've been doing this a long time. Hey, T- JT? You better accept my Twitter yes. request, or I'm going to come for you, brother. <laughs> hey, yes, hey, but, but, <laughs> but you guys are really doing a good job. I just wanted to call in as I'm driving down the road. Yeah. Uh, this is John Anthony Q-Tip. Yeah. I love that nickname. I, will, I want to know the story behind it one day. Um, we'll see. But great job. I'm just <laughs> great job, guys. Keep it up. Thanks, Thank you. Jay. Yeah, yeah, JT. I was Here, supposed huh? to pass. Yeah, yeah. He, he I'm so supposed fresh. to pass on that um that message that you you still haven't followed him on on um, Twitter yet. You know that's have I not? <laughs> I'll know. get on there. I'll make sure I do it. All right, all right. What's, folks. His, what's his son? What's his? Go ahead. Sorry. 
<laughs> I'll get it to you after the break here. Folks, you've been listening to Black and Right. I am hosting, guest hosting for the host of the show, John Anthony. And I'm, I'm joined by Monique Hugh Hoffman and my good friend, Jonathan T. Gillum of The Experts Podcast and author. We will be back shortly. So stay tuned. We've got more. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Yay. Welcome back. That's a nice lead in there, Jay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. My name is George Pearson. I am the chair of the Will County Republicans and co-chair with my partner in crime, uh, Mr. Kevin Suggs of the Illinois Black Republican Coalition. And joining me in studio is my good friend, Monique Q. Hoffman of Healthcare Solutions Team. And on the live line, we've got my my shipmate, my, my uh, what, 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 what we used to say, part of my boat crew, Jonathan T. Gillum. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to put him out in front every single time. So he is the, the host of his own podcast called The Experts. If you haven't, you need to check it out. A lot of great information on there, constitutional-based information. And he's also an author. You know, if you have not read the book Sheep No More, you know, you really need to check them out on wherever books are sold. JT? Hey, don't forget about the rudder. You know, the guy who runs the show normally, <laughs> John Anthony. And I just added him, so in case he's listening, I just added him on Twitter, so he's not going to come after me. So he's added. <laughs> good, good. You know what? That's his new nickname. I like that, the rudder. Mm-hmm. The, the rudder. I'm sure he's going to love that one. <laughs> everybody everybody wants to be called the rudder. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that, you know, we wanted to open up some of these conversations is, how do we get back to being more collegial and, and, and actually getting things done with how we serve that message? And, you know, there was a old saying that a lot of, you know, older black folks used to say, and uh, we heard it on the Cosby show back in the day. It's like trying to serve a porterhouse steak on a garbage can lid. You know, how many people are actually going to eat it? Well, maybe somebody that's starving, but the average person will look at it and is like, they, they don't want to partake of that. So the question becomes, we might have a pretty good piece of meat on there. But if we're serving it up on, on, on top of, you know, this nasty, sticky, greasy lid, you know, who's actually going to cut into it? So it, 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 and a lot of our discussions in politics has actually gotten that, that nasty, you know, that, that piece of chewing gum stuck up under the desk type nasty. So how do we change that conversation? And I, I wanted to play one last, one last um, comment uh, from Ruth Bader Ginsburg and, I, I, you know, and her, her thoughts and her feelings with, Justice Scalia. Among my favorite Scalia stories, when President Clinton was mulling over his first nomination to the Supreme Court, Justice Scalia was asked, if you were stranded on a desert island with your new court colleague, who would you prefer, Larry Tribe or Mario Cuomo? Justice Scalia answered quickly and distinctly, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. (laughs) And within days, the president chose me. (laughs) 
that was influential, you know, to have somebody like Scalia to make that statement. And I, I personally, I, I think he's been one of the best jurists that we've had serve in the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, I wish that he would have been at one point selected as the chief justice. And we again, we know that's something also done by the president. A lot of people don't realize that, that he gets to choose who the chief justice is, you know, to replace the next. So I, I really wish he would have had that opportunity. But what are your thoughts on that, Monique, you know, that collegialness? You know, she has this very delicate voice, this, this you know, she's very light about the way that she speaks, you know, which a lot of the times we're listening to people speak with so much um, aggravation behind their voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's very gentle in her in her delivery. But the words are very powerful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's what we have to focus on is, you know, stop with the feelings and the and over emotion and reaction. And let's just let's just communicate so we can move forward. I agree. JT. Yeah. You know, uh, I like uh, what uh, Monique was saying about taking the emotion out of it, because here's the reality. These are people that are put in positions to where they can influence in, uh, the, the country and your life. And that's their job. Their job isn't to be celebrities. Their jobs aren't to be worshipped. Um, you know, they put people in state no matter how good they were or how bad they were uh, for how many years they did it when they die and everybody celebrates them. But the fact is they should be held to a standard so high that if they do not uh, hold the Constitution to the, to the letter, they should be vilified, not, not uh, put up as heroes. It's, I, I truly believe, I think we show this with jury duties every single day in this country. If we took a certain amount of people and we put them through courses on constitutional law and gave them advisors, they could go and make decisions better than most of the Supreme Court decisions because they would make them without political influence. Yeah. And that is, that is who we should be moving towards. That's who we should have always been in the Supreme Court and in politics. And as the people... I'll just say this: the thing about the stake on the on the uh, on the trash can lid, the American people better realize that that may be the only stake they have if they keep going the way they're going and not being wow. involved in this. Wow, that's really big, JT. I I, I want to get your opinion on when you think we started we started leaving the Constitution and, and the laws, and we started living our lives full of influencers. Mm. Like when, I think I think as soon as the Yeah, I think it was as soon as the founding fathers departed this earth. I mean, it's like every, you know, you take every band or every great idea. Steve Jobs, for instance, he comes up with this incredible idea, runs his company. As soon as he steps out of the way, everything changes. Mm. And, And that's, I think, the problem is that the vision that the founding fathers had an understanding of tyranny um, departed with that generation. And so it got slowly worse. Um, and then I think as we got into, uh, after the Great Depression, after World War II, that's where things really started to crumble, I think, in this country, because everybody just assumed it was okay. And they thought, you know, evil had been uh, taken care of, and we can now put our hands, you know, put all, all, everything in the hands of these politicians. And you can look back at the, the Jews when they were being marched through the desert with Moses. They did the same thing. It's, it's really a human behavior trait that's a sad trait where we instead of coming together as a powerful people, we put our rights and the responsibilities in the hands of people that 
are professional liars. <laughs> and, this and, is really important to note, yes. JT. This, what you're saying is incredibly important for people to realize this just didn't happen three and a half years ago. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we've been on this you know, the inner city, for a while. The inner cities in this country, around this country, are full of powerful people. The problem is they don't stand together, and the rest of the people have sold into the idea of learned helplessness. They feel like there's nothing they can do. And so they end up fighting the cops instead of standing together. You that's know, the whole sign of this whole thing. That that's a great point, man. That that is a huge point. Learned that actually helplessness. Yes, leads us into you know one of the next topics that we will be covering here for the the rest of the time that I have on this great show. You're listening to Black and Right on AM five sixty, The Answer, and I have to tell you, my wife and I we have this discussion all the time, and that the departure of family and people not truly being involved, everyday people being involved in the community that affects. Um, every single decision around there, the local business shop or shop owners, the gas station, and even your local police department. You know, how many of these officers actually live in these communities or are from that community have dealt with people from that community prior to wearing a badge? How many people have actually joined the police commission, which are usually appointed by the mayors that select the police officers that are hired into their towns? Because again, if you're not actually involved and you don't have that, that that mindset of well I'm just going to let the politicians as you put them the line politicians you know handle my day to day this is the this is the wall that we're running into and we don't even realize it yeah yeah, the, yeah. you know I you know I don't know how much time we have but I just want to say one other thing real quick is that I truly believe this I just did my whole uh, 108th episode of the experts podcast that you can find that everywhere that podcasts are at, but I just have to say this. I truly believe demonic influence is all over this country and it is a, a major player in what's happening right now. I know I'm going outside the realms of, of normal politics when I say this, but there's only way that I can explain the organized chaos that's happening systematically mm. in all of these cities and the way it's being handled and organized. It's just, it's too, there's no other explanation. I agree 100 percent, not just organized, but it's it's literally paid for by people not in or from this country or in in that community when we start bringing in people. So, JT, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I, I don't know how much more time you have, if you're going to stick with us or, you know, let me know. Um, but we I think ready. I'm going to sit back and listen to you guys. Okay. I think that's what I'll do. I'll sit back and listen to you guys. All right, JT, thank Thanks you so much on. for joining on. You have been listening to Black and Right here on AM 560. I am guest hosting for John Anthony and we will be back in two or two. Black and right continues on AM 560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Whatever you want, I'll be there. Yes, that's a great lead in. You, you actually know what you're doing in there, don't you, John? All right, all right. Hey, folks, my name is George Pearson, and I have the, pr- the privilege of filling in for the host, John Anthony, here on Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. I'm actually joined in studio by a friend of mine, Monique Q. Hoffman of Healthcare Solutions Teams. And, you know, Monique, what do you think about the last section, the last segment? I think it's super powerful. We could have an entire show on that, on that very conversation. At what point did things start to get out of control, mm-hmm. right? When, when did, 
when did Instagram influencers start to rule our lives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. And matter of fact, that brings us to Regina on the line. Regina. Let's see here. Let's try it one more time. Uh-oh. George? Yes. How are you? Love from Will County. <laughs> Much love. Thanks, Regina. Um, I, as to your conversation, uh, I was just reading a current article from National Public Radio, of all places, that people are not as divided along p- political lines as they think. Really? And that was, uh, uh, yes, an article uh, from the University of Pennsylvania. Mm, okay, okay. I'm going to have to check so, that out. Yes, please. And uh, would you please tell JT to move to Illinois because we're going to turn this state red. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely. Thanks, Regina, for calling in. Matter of fact, we uh, I'm trying to get JT to come back. We, um, you know, we threw what was called a GLP jamboree. Uh, back in uh, ooh, a couple of weeks ago, man, it's been that long already. Yes, and we're planning the next one. And it'll actually, you know, we, we haven't finalized the date and location yet, but we're trying to get um, JT to actually come in again. And we had great music there. Uh, we, we're trying not to put all the speech and, you know, make it so heavily political. We just want to we want to put the party back in party. So that's headed up by a young man by the name of Rob Cruz with GOP Jamboree, G- GOP Jamboree. And I tell you, having that young man involved in the party locally, it's it's phenomenal. And bringing in that younger thought, that younger blood in there. So I definitely, definitely want to uh, make sure that when that information is up again, so we get that out there and join us. Uh, look like we uh, we got another caller. Here, take Mark. Mark from Indiana. Mark. Hello, George. Yes, sir. Uh, Monique. Hello, also. Hi. Um, I just wanted to... Uh, give a, like a brief uh, history of judicial activism and what opened the floodgates up. There was a case in 1803 called Marbury versus Madison, mm. which, which set, the, uh, set the stage for judicial activism. Mm. And you had uh, Dred, the Dred Scott case versus Sanford, Plessy versus Ferguson, 1896. And um, actually it was uh, a case uh, called Griswold versus Connecticut in 1965, that I believe opened the floodgates up. The Griswold case led led to um, the Roe v. Wade decision in 1973. That's what I believe opened the floodgates up for, for judicial activism, which they, the Supreme Court does not have the power to do legislate on the bench. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. It, you, you, again, you're absolutely right. Actually, Blackburn, thank you for calling in with that, Mark. That, that's great information. And you're you're right. And that's that's a little bit of what Blackburn had based some of his finding his decisions on. So yeah, I, I love the callers of AM560. They're very knowledgeable individuals. And you know, this is what we're hoping that we can actually spread this knowledge so that people are more uh, well-informed, you know, electorate when they walk in there and walk into their booths because we have a lot of judges that are up for a re-election this round right here in your sub-circuit, your um, circuit court, and your um, your judicial district courts. So those are folks that usually sit on the state Supreme Court. And we have one in Will County, and we're, 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 we're not even trying to retain this guy. You know, he's been a, a Madigan lackey for, you know, way too long. He's, you know, the briberies and the money that's in there and have supported, you know, kicking out the fair mapping amendment, which would have actually gave people in the area 
a choice, a, a, a competitive choice of who should actually represent them. But now we have maps that are drawn that look like little stretchy, long fingers reaching out of Chicago. I mean, my, the district that I live in, the 2nd Congressional District, it's a little bitty skinny park coming out of High Park all the way down a little portion. It cuts back in, you know, cut, cuts out, you know, uh, one section of, of my town and then back down all the way down to Kankakee and then it opens up to all the way to all of Kankakee. Now, I'm sorry. What does the folks farming down in Kankakee have have to do with folks living in Hyde Park? Completely different environments and, and what they're looking for. I actually heard a rep go down in Kankakee talking about food deserts. These folks are farmers. They don't have food deserts. They they, they walk right at, you know a couple hundred yards out to their yeah. field and grab whatever it is that they need. They, so the mindset of what you're looking for when you're uneducated about the area or what you, what you, what the area needs, you know, as far as representation, you know, do they pay enough attention to the farmers versus what's actually needed for the urban areas? Illinois is ready for some change. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I feel it coming. Oh, November <laughs> is on top of us. Hey, folks, you've been listening to Black and Right here on AM 560, The Answer. And I am co-hosting for my good friend, John Anthony, who's out on assignment um, Pierre Delector, a.k.a. <laughs> the Rudder. <laughs> so, and I'm joined in studio by my good friend Monique. We will be right back and we're going to go right into our next topic. We're speaking about the uh, Brianna Taylor situation. And we will take your calls as well. Be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Yo, yo, welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. My name is George Pearson. I am the chair of the Will County Republicans, and I have the honor of sitting in for the host of this show, John Anthony. I am joined in studio by my good friend, Monique Q. Hoffman of Healthcare Solutions Teams. Monique, I want to lead off into this segment, and then I want you to chime in here with um, a statement, uh, the first statement, the opening statement by Daniel Cameron. He is the attorney general that oversaw the indictment process for the Breonna Taylor situation. I know that many in Louisville and across the Commonwealth and country have been anxiously awaiting the completion of our investigation into the death of Ms. Brianna Taylor. Prior to this announcement, I spoke with Ms. Palmer, Brianna Taylor's mother, uh, to share with her the results from the grand jury. When I was listening to that, he originally, you know, was very monotone. You know, he he stuck with just, you know, the matter of fact in the beginning. But later on in his speech, he kind of opened up and you could hear the passion coming out in him. And I, I think a lot of that got missed because he's been getting slammed on media, uh, on social media, the, the regular media over uh, the the failure to indict the officers involved in this shooting. And here's where the conversation always gets tough because no one wants to, you know, well, tackle the, the rough parts of it. This was definitely a tragedy. We We lost a young lady who was in the medical field and that hurts our community. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The problem is the other individual that she was there with. I've seen it all too often in my community where 
the good people are usually hanging around a lot of the bad people and it's not them that get gunned down in these situations. It's always the good, the shining stars amongst our people. And that is what's really destroying us as a people, as a community, because we we see the Breonna Taylors, which is definitely a conversation that we should be having because I'm not a big fan of no-knock warrants, and I'm a former police officer. It, there are literally times where you should use those no-knock warrants, and I I don't know because, again, we haven't been privy to all the evidence and information coming through that um, that entire process. I also think that maybe it's time to remove, you know, law enforcement officers when they're going through this. Maybe it shouldn't be done under the seal of an indictment. Maybe this it, it's a, a time to open up the conversation and say, look, if this officer was doing his job, we're going to stand beside them. But if they weren't, we want to be able to hear what the evidence is that's being presented in order to find out if there's a true bill or not being issued in the indictment to, to you know, actually, you know, bring criminal charges. What are your thoughts? I think everybody's upset about a lot of things right now. Yeah. And to the point where we can't even have a conversation and say, what really happened? Give us the facts and then we'll make our decision. I mean, you saw the city of Chicago, the governor, the mayor, and, and all the other counties they prepared with the National Guard mm-hmm. because they were prepared for people to react. Right, right, right. With the decision, and they may not have even heard what really went on. Right, and and that's that's what I'm referring to. With a, a lot of times, with the evidence that's being presented, the case that's being presented in a grand jury, you don't hear. Uh, and and I go back to the very beginning with Michael Brown in St. Louis. There, it, it, that. That powder keg has, to me, has been the catalyst to every single thing that has happened afterwards. I, I typically do not include Michael Brown with the Breonna Taylors or the Almond Aubrey's of the world because these folks were literally innocent. Michael Brown was engaged in something criminal, and I've always, I was always taught by my parents that if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I mean, if you're engaging in bad things, this, this is from my parents. This is yeah. this is the belief that we were all brought up on. You pick your friends and you choose them wisely. And what was the other saying? Birds of a feather flock together. Those are the things that, again, that that teaching is no longer there. It's, you know, well, we're mingling in because we've got to fix, you know, we got to fix the bad. OK, good. But let's make sure we got more good people around these individuals that are wreaking all this havoc and if we know that we can't change them we shouldn't be standing beside them brianna taylor here this was a loss this was an absolute true loss and that that one officer brian hawkins that shot shot into that building you know blindly that that right there and right now none of his rounds were found who have struck brianna so it's the one one thing in this that we know occurred or did not the reason why he wasn't indicted on that but he was indicted on, you know, the inappropriateness of shooting into the building. You know, we have to always say that we understand that, you know, policemen are not, men and women are not perfect. Nobody in any group, in any job is perfect. But we can't forget the fact that they put their lives on the line day in and day out. And they were on the other side of that gunfight. Yes. And, and if you if you have a gun pointed at you and you have bullets coming at you, you're going to also react. But they have some training I'm not who's to say that we don't need more. They don't need more. But 
you can speak from experience, being on the other side of that gun is going to make you react a certain way. So we can look back and we can say this and that should have happened, but we, we, we can't forget that little detail. Absolutely. Again, what helped me was my training in the military as a master of arms and the, the literally that head-on um, training that we did, that close-quarter combat training that we did. And I need we need to see more of that even with our local law enforcement yes, if absolutely. we continue down this road. Hey, folks, you're listening to Black and Right here on AM560. I am guest hosting in for John Anthony. My name is George Pearson, and I'm joined in studio with Monique Q. Hoffman. And right after this, I want to play a couple more sound bites and talk to you about what Tim Scott had to say about this. Senator Tim Scott, we'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. <laughs> hey, we're having a little fun in a here. Little dance break. Yeah, right. <laughs> Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560. My name is George Pearson. I am guest hosting for John Anthony, who's out on assignment. Joined in studio with me is my good friend, Monique Q. Hoffman of Healthcare Solutions Team. And we were discussing what is actually bringing about a lot of these police shootings and you know in the, in the break and a, a big focus that we hear a lot but we never really delve into it is the the training that is needed in order for a, an officer to be effective so i want to start off with you know tim scott's statement first one, one of the um, blessings of the president's executive order speaks to the importance of co-responders. Co-responders, the whole concept that some situations that officers are asked to take care of today really may not fall into traditionally law enforcement responses. So the importance of funding departments with co-responders so that we have the resources necessary to deal with some of these tragic issues, whether it's homelessness or, or drug abuse. Uh, those issues are, are and mental health episodes. One of the things that we heard from family members at the White House when myself, the Attorney General, and the President sat down was one family was describing a mental episode that their son was having that led to his death. Had we had the co-responders on the scene, perhaps there would have been a different outcome. And so the executive order, as well as our legislation, my legislation, speaks to the importance of doing the exact opposite of the funding of police. It actually speaks to funding the resource, making the resources more available for departments so as to deal with those issues. See, that is a solution. These are the kind of topics that we really should be discussing. My wife and I literally were having this, this conversation about the mental illness that plays a part. And especially, and, and again, I can speak from the black community from growing up in it. There, there is a lot of trauma. You know, if you, you're being stopped, I can, I can tell you many times that I've been stopped. Just, you know, I know if, whether or not I was, I was doing wrong or not. You know, when, when I'm stopped for speeding or whatever the case may be, you know, I know. But yeah. there have been times that, you know, I've, you know cops rip around and, and followed me, have followed me. And I know better. You know, I'm watching the speed. You know, I might be one or two miles over once they do they flip just to see what's going to happen. I've been stopped. I've been pulled out of the car. I've been placed on the hood. And all because of what? What they perceive. Is it racism? Uh, were they actually looking for someone that actually I fit the description? These are conversations that, you know, not everyone can can actually champion if it hasn't happened to you. But you didn't end up hating cops. No, I I, I joined mm -hmm. 
because yeah. I wanted to try to make a difference on how they were being approach. treated and have a different approach. Yeah. And that's what's not happening in our community. It's not happening in our community a lot because we talk about the training for the police, but the proper education for children coming up to be able to pass the test, you know, that 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 written exam is nothing to laugh at. Then you get the physical fitness, the physical agility test. Then you have a psychological test to take. And then you take a psych background. And then on top of that, a lie detector test. See, our, our, when our young children aren't being prepared to be able to enter into a lot of these fields, they don't go into law enforcement. Or they see law enforcement as bad and they're hanging out with, with you know, Pookie on the, from the, from the round, around the way. That's what ends up happening. So now their background changes. They're not, they're not um, obtaining the proper education to go further in life. So we end up with a police department or a local agency that doesn't reflect who we are or the community. So I'm saying to a lot of our legislators, don't defund the police. Fund the right areas of it to get these officers the training that they need and properly fund education so that our young people can actually see themselves in the career in law enforcement. You're listening to Black and Right here on AM560. My name is George Pearson. I'm guest hosting for the the um, on assignment, John Anthony. And we will be back here shortly. 